draw. Like the only artistic skill that I have is I can write in cursive. Is that not a skill? Just tell me it's a skill. Okay. I'm very okay. proud of you. Here's the deal. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna, if this is going to work, okay, you're going to need to pick and choose the moments when it is okay to fucking lie to me, okay? <laughs> and there's going to be a lot of those. So let's get with it. I said I'm very proud of you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax. I am Podcast Poppy. And you are tuned into a brand new episode of Quarter Life Crisis, starting right now. Three, two, one. We're live. Is your last name K? No. What's your last name? I'm Ellie. K works. <laughs> Felicia K, welcome to the show. What is it? My last name? Yeah, I'm Ellie. I'm Ellie. What is that? Seven. Swiss Italian. Swiss Italian. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the show. Thanks. You nervous? Yeah. I know. I know. We just had a nice <laughs> little prerequisite that I might have to release. But it's okay. The shoulders seem more relaxed. Okay? The, the face is a little less pink, a little less flush. Oh, good. You're doing I'm still good. very, very warm. I know. You'll be fine. Well, welcome. First podcast? Yeah. What about a... Uh, Jesus <laughs> This is going to be a fucking train wreck, guys. <laughs> Excuse me while we fix the equipment that just got broken. It's not my fault. My legs are long and the table leg is right here. It's yeah. not my fault. That's right. There's multiple seats. Are you good there? Yeah, I guess. You'll be good there. There's going to be the same. Just stay still. Just. That's not a thing that I do. You can swing. Just back up. Just keep it. The <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay, so first podcast. So welcome to the show. Let's try to we'll try to push through this here. All right, let's do it. Now there is a rumor floating around that there's a possibility that you might start a podcast. Is this true? Um True or false? You know, it's a decent possibility. Okay, a decent possibility? Mm-hmm. What what does that what does that entail? Um violently vague. Yeah, that's what you do with rumors. Yeah, that's fair. Um yeah, it's uh Something I've been thinking about. Okay, now, so don't not going in depth, but just in, like, general, very superficial, what would this podcast possibly be about? Um, empowering people, mostly women, also men. You guys need right. your shit, too. Um, so it would be about empowering people, okay. helping them step into who they are, who they're supposed to be who they want to be, uh, falling in love with themselves. Which seems to be kind of a lost art today. I don't know. It's all I do. So right. I see a lot of it. Right. But you, have you always done it? Oh, you mean like actually loving myself or like yeah, helping other like, people love no, themselves? Empo- no, empowering yourself, right? Falling in love with yourself, right? Being comfortable in your own skin or your own mind or your own soul seems kind of like a lost art. Seems like there is a very big push that you want others to love you, love you, love what's about you. You know what I mean? Get the positivity from others. Seems kind of like a lost art where you can just do it internally. I think COVID really exposed that. Yeah, because it's hard. Right. Um, and I probably need 
<laughs> to listen to myself more than any of my clients do. Right. Um, but it's hard. It's hard to sit in being uncomfortable right. and maybe not being where you want to be and sitting in those really uncomfortable moments by yourself without validation from anybody else, without seeking validation from anybody else. Right. And having to like basically self soothe. Yeah. It's not a it's not something that we are taught. Right. You have to learn it on your own as an adult. Now. And it seems like to get out of this pocket that you're talking about, you have to self medicate. Right. You can't get it from others. So if you're in this uncomfortable pocket that you're talking about, really the only person that's going to get you out of it is yourself. Yes and no. Because it seems like you're kind of doing it with the um, with the workout gear. Yeah. Yeah. That's scary. <laughs> right. You feel uncomfortable in one spot, which is wearing. What did you call it? A cute workout. <laughs> like a fit. cute a cute set like right. a sports bra ish yeah. top because all these fit bitches out there wearing like biker shorts and sports bras that are yeah right. and right. they look super cute but growing up as someone who played sports people that tried to look good in the gym right. weren't really there to work out right right so if i'm trying to look cute while i'm at the gym you feel uncomfortable yeah right so like leggings you, and a giant T-shirt. But you want to wear, but you want to wear cute stuff in the gym. I mean, I always want to look cute. Right. So. So then. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude. <laughs> <laughs> if only I was filming this fucking podcast. Already. I mean, we could set up my phone. <laughs> no, God, no. For the for the sake of the sh- for the sake of the show, because I don't know how many more of these are coming out. All of them. All of them. Like, that's just my go-to. So, that's dope. Might start a podcast. Maybe. It's a rumor. It's floating. We'll get into it more. But what are you doing now and what have you done beforehand? Like, in what aspect? Just like, just life. life? Yeah. I've done a lot of things. Okay. Okay. What are you currently <laughs> doing right now? <laughs> God, you're scandalous. <laughs> no. Oh, have I seen some shit. <laughs> I mean, All right, I well, have, but... I'm trying to throw you the bait here, so I might as well just put you on the hook here. How about your photography? Oh, how about that? Hey! I mean, you could have said, like... We'll go topic to topic. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure <laughs> out what you want to talk about, sweetheart, all right? So you leave it open and it's... Oh, I've done a lot. <laughs> what, what have you done before okay, today? July 12th, 2012 was a weird fucking day. Like, whoa, whoa, skirt! It probably was. Okay, so how long have you been doing photography? Um, let's get to Let's get to know Felicia... What should I say again? I'm Ellie Millie. What the hell? Hamilly, 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 Hamilly. Actually, in high school, people used to sing that to me yeah, and my brother. For sure. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um. So I've been doing photography since like 2010. So 2010, were you rocking like what were you taking pictures with? Um. A Razors. What? Like a razor? Like a f- camera like a phone? Yeah, 2010? That's no. like razor days, right? Well, at that point, I bought a camera. Oh, okay. <laughs> I um, I bought a kit camera from Costco and used that for a really long time. Finally upgraded. What were you first taking shots of, like as a kid? 
As a kid? Right. Well, 2010, I was not a kid. Or you like, I'm old, remember? Well, you were like 20? 22? 22? I guess, yeah. I mean, yeah, I was a kid. Yeah. I guess. I don't I'd know. That's a kid. Ugh, that's scary. Um, you old fuck. I am old. <laughs> You're almost old. And you're looking great. So I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna move it because I do want to stay kind of on the topic of of what your podcast would be about. Okay. Right? So you were talking about positivity and all that stuff. Did you kind of find a, a passion for that through photography? Because I feel like a lot of people feel at their greatest and most beautiful and their most confident in a still shot sometimes. Um. Yes. It can also be the opposite. But that they feel like they're at their worst. Yes. Yeah. Have you seen candid pictures of yourself? Where you were uh, not ready for the picture to be taken? There's not a whole lot of pictures of me floating around there oh, for no. that for that reason in general. Yeah. Because people are like, oh, I look terrible in that picture. And I'm like, well, that's that's you. And I'm like, that's me. Ugh. You know what I mean? So when I see a picture of myself, I'm like, that looks really bad. I'm like, all right, well, yeah, that's literally can, me. It can kind of just like kill your confidence. Right. But a good picture right. can make you feel... Like Beyonce. Fuck, that'd be a lot of pressure. Have you ever, like, when you're developing, like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do? Well, I shoot on a digital camera, not film, so there's no developing. Okay. Don't, don't, <laughs> talk, don't talk to me like that. <laughs> All right. I can't help it. You're not in, like, a red room keeping a gangsta, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're just really, like, you really want to talk about that, huh? I just don't, I just don't know anything about photography. Wait, a red, what do you mean red room? <laughs> Like the development room, right? Yeah. Also, like Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, I've never seen that. Oh. Yeah. Okay. The sex movie? <laughs> yeah. The Dom movie? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I it's heard, not great. I heard it's great. I heard it's fantastic. Mm. Um, but no, I was talking about photography, <laughs> you fucking perv. <laughs> you asked the question, not me. When we're talking about photography, I can fucking guarantee you that everyone who listens to this and I'm like, you're not like a red room developing pictures. They're not like BDSM. Like <laughs> Ricky. Dom. You have to understand. Fucking I can bro. make an innuendo out yeah, of yeah. anything. That's fair. That's fair. This is going to be an adventure. Okay. So it's not my fault. I don't know anything about photography. That's why. That's why I said that. Okay. So, so the pressure's got to be on or because you do it digital, you can like Photoshop and make them look all beautiful or what? what do I you mean, mean, I could, but that's a lot of work. Um, I would rather make people look and feel beautiful in the studio, capture it correctly the mm -hmm. first time and not have to spend hours in front of a computer. Do you shoot most of your stuff in a studio? Mm-hmm. No, you're not like outside in terrain and like, f like nature and all that. Stuff. No. Why are you? <laughs> <laughs> because. Okay. That wasn't. <laughs> <I'm> just. <laughs> nigga, my job over here <laughs> is to ask questions. Oh, <laughs> uh, my job is to not freak out. <laughs> okay, here we go. We're gonna get through this. <laughs> this is why we're doing this, right? Let's. Let's this sand the edges. Let's sand the edges here, huh? <laughs> No, I do not do much work outside okay. because most of my clients are in their underwear, naked. Right. And to get somewhere in nature that you are far enough away from people to do that comfortably, because a lot of people are not comfortable doing that right. just down the street. Yeah. You have to walk a really long ways. Right. And when your hair and makeup is done and you're walking a long ways and sweating and... It's not, not yeah, a good that's look. not good. And naked. 
which is called. Well, I mean, you could walk out there clothed. Bourgeois. <laughs> yes, bourgeois. Bourgeois photography. It's really boudoir. Oh, boudoir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when we talked the last time, you bourgeois. you thought it was super bougie. Yeah. yeah. So you made up bourgeois. Bourgeois. Yeah, very French. I like that. Which boudoir is also French. Is it? Yeah. You just when you say the R, it's fucking nailing it over not here. French bourgeois. Boudoir is French. Boo- for bedroom. Bourgeois. Hey. Get it? Got it. Get it? Naked bourgeois. Naked in the bedroom. Boudoir. In the red room. You should name your studio <laughs> Red Room. This is fucking awesome. Uh, Actually, I feel like we're now we're kind of starting to tickle around with porn. This is getting yeah, really That's my bad. That's bit. my bad. That's my bad. I mean, erotica is cool. Right. That's not my, not what I'm doing. So you shoot women in... Lingerie. Lingerie, naked. Yeah. Right? Exposed. Yeah. Is that where you, like, how did you get to that point? Obviously, you didn't start that at 22 with a Kim cam <laughs> or whatever the fuck you called it from Costco. Just A kit camera? Kit camera. Shooting naked, naked bitches left and right. Um, I started doing, like, kind of glamour pictures. Okay. Like, still get their hair and makeup done. Like, put on pretty dresses and, like, go out in a field and feel pretty. Right. Um, and I loved the way that I could make women feel because a lot of times we forget that we are still women. We're still beautiful because we have all these other hats that we have to wear. Daughter, mother, wife, sister, boss, employee, whatever. We forget that we are these really beautiful creatures. Yeah. And to give somebody an hour and a half of my time to remember that they are literal magic yeah, is really cool. Yeah, I bet. So that's how I started. And then I had a girl ask me if I would do a boudoir shoot for her. I am from a very conservative family. Really? Yeah. I never would have fucking guessed that. <laughs> I might be the black sheep now. Right. Um, very conservative family. Pretty conservative town. Um, I told her, like, yeah, I'll do it, but maybe, like, don't spread it around that we're taking pictures in your underwear. Right, right. And... And this was in your small town? Yes. You didn't want it to get out? No. Right. Word I, travels fast in a small town. What's this town extremely. called? Extremely. Gardnerville. Gardnerville. <laughs> very small. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, So we did the shoot and watching her transformation because she was in her underwear and she didn't really have anything to hide behind was so much more powerful than seeing these women just get dressed up to go feel pretty in pictures. And after that shoot, I realized that's what I was supposed to be doing. So when did you get when did you get your studio? Uh, the one I'm in currently. Sure. Or your first studio, or have you moved around? I've moved around. So I had a studio in... I've had two studio in... Yeah, no, this is good. You're so French. You're so French. Yeah, so I just realized that's what I was supposed to be doing. Do you see a lot of people who don't... Like, can't... can't? Come on, dude. Here we go Here we go again. This is the same thing that happened at the fucking coffee shop. I'll wait. 
Okay, go. <laughs> Don't look at me. I'm though. really happy that my face is that entertaining to you. Me too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Erroneous. What? What? You, what? <laughs> what is this? Fucking wedding crashers? Yes. <laughs> Erroneous. <laughs> All right. I just don't. We're going to try to bring it back. Okay? okay. You ready? As a photographer, what do you do when you have a woman who is completely exposed, right? Who isn't just their underwear, right? Can't hide behind, you know, getting their hair and their makeup and the dress and all that stuff. And you see someone that is having a hard time kind of breaking through and being comfortable, completely exposed. How do you react as a photographer in that situation? So I am very open online about my own journey with my body image issues and my self-love issues. And a lot of my clients come in feeling like they already know me because I am an open book about those things. So even if they come in nervous, they come in knowing that I am going to make them feel like a rock star. Right. They come in, they get their hair and makeup done. So they're in the studio setting for about an hour and a half before we start shooting anyways. So you're able to kind of yeah. break down the first couple barriers. We sit there and talk. Set the mood. About the most ridiculous things. Right. Um, everybody thinks that because boudoir pictures are sexy, the boudoir shoot must be like a the really... atmosphere must be sexy? Absolutely not. Right. Um, one of my last clients, we sat there talking about ingrown hairs, waxing. Ingrown hairs are a big problem. Yeah. It's um, a growing epidemic. For <laughs> <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> Why? They're a fucking issue. What? I was really trying to piggyback off that. <laughs> I was speaking on per- personal experience, to be honest with you. But yeah, everybody thinks that like... You sit there and you talk about, like, really sexy things. No, we talk about how weird our fucking bodies are. Right. And that kind of relaxes people because they realize they don't have to be anything other than who they are. Right. And then we go through all their outfits. I shoot most clothed to least clothed to kind of, like, ease them into being naked. Yeah, yeah. It's like dinner, cold to hot. What? Yeah, you should, like, if you ever meet anyone who, like, eats their meals hot to cold. Is that a thing? What? Is that a real thing? Yeah. I think I have it reversed. I'm sorry. You you eat hot to cold. Like, if you were to do cold to hot, it's fucking weird. Like, what about a salad? Most people, like, start a meal with a salad. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. I was thinking, like, ice cream. Like, a complete flip-flop. Like, serial killer shit. But anyways, continue. Mm -hmm. Most clothed to least to. <laughs> Words are hard. Yeah, they are. This English, this English language that I've been practicing for thirty fucking years. You want to move to French? <laughs> I mean, I'm fucking bourgeois, baby. <laughs> um, most clothed mm-hmm. to least clothed. Mm-hmm. You believe that's most effective? Yes, especially because. As women, we all have this ridiculous idea that our stomachs are disgusting. Right. Even these women that come in with 
six packs or like eh, I'm not crazy about my stomach. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so I usually have people bring in bodysuits, brown underwear sets, whatever. Mm-hmm. We'll start in whatever covers the most. Right. Um it helps them to get comfortable in front of the camera. A lot of these women haven't been in front of a camera since their high school senior pictures or their wedding pictures, which isn't really about them. Like the focus isn't all on them. Right. And being in front of the camera, especially when you've only seen crappy candid pictures of yourself is really scary. Yeah. So it helps them warm up in front of the camera. They kind of get used to how I pose people. They get used to how it's going to feel. They get out of their head a little bit because I'm talking the whole time. Right. And I pose them from head to toe, tell them what to do with their hands, tell them what to do with their face. I don't shut up the whole time. Mm -hmm. And modeling is really hard. You have to think about a lot of things and you can't think about how nervous you are. Right. So by the time I get them in something more revealing, they're totally comfortable yeah i was talking to a major about that when we were talking about um you know being a model and like how important it is that the photographer kind of helps guide you through poses and things like that because being a model is fucking weird it's hard it's very strange yeah um i modeled a little bit and i started modeling after i started doing photography right so i already had kind of a base knowledge of poses that i could work off of but if your photographer isn't giving you anything, yeah, you're fucked. It's so hard because you start thinking, "Oh my god, I'm not doing it right. Do they like it? Does it look good? Do right. I look terrible?" And you don't get anything. Now, you said that a lot of women have that fear or obsession that their stomachs are gross. Mhm. Right? So, what do you think are some of these root like what are some of the root causes of why women are so insecure about their bodies? Um, because it's all we've heard from as long as we can remember. But from who? Like, I agree, but like who? Our mothers, our aunts, our older cousins. That, that women's bodies are, now I don't know, obviously, because I'm not a woman. So like, you're hearing that your bodies are gross or is it just how they're being spoken about? Not about our own bodies, but we hear our mothers talk about their bodies. Oh, that makes sense. And our aunts talk about their bodies and older siblings and our friends like there's that scene in mean girls where they're all great have you okay oh my fucking god yes (laughs) they're all standing in front of the mirror talking shit about things right about themselves and Lindsay lohan's like oh i don't know like i feel fine and they all look at her like she's crazy right because we're almost expected to hate our bodies at this point very weird too because a woman's body since i mean really since human beings stood upright is one of the most desired things in the world. So maybe that's because it's excess pressure, but like every male, obviously not every male, I would a vast majority of males, right? Good job being inclusive. Right. Of course want to and desire to see women's bodies and love women's bodies and think they're beautiful and sexy. And then when it comes to any type of media, it's the biggest hot topic. Sex sells when it comes to shows or, or anything, publicity, athletics, all that stuff. It's like the most desired and loved thing. 
So it's very, it's almost like it's a weird, strange, double-edged sword. You know, like it's a guarantee. It doesn't matter who you are as a woman, shape or size. There's a cap for every cup, right? There's going to be a large population of men that think you look beautiful, love the way you look, whether it's curvy, slim, tall, short, buff, whatever the case may be. But it's still like the most feared and most obsessed thing that women have, most obsessive thing that women have. So there's a lot of things that I want to say to what you just said. Good. I'm going to try, try (laughs) to stay on track. Try so hard, Akon. Thank you. You're very helpful. I got you. So first, yes, sex sells. So does insecurity. So while sex sells and we see all of these beautiful bodies, we're also being programmed to believe that our body is not good enough and we need this cream and this diet pill and this set of clothing and this whatever to make ourselves better. Because if you can make someone feel bad about something about themselves, they're going to want to fix it. So they're going to buy your shit. Yeah. Very schemey thing that a very schemey thing that they do. They don't say that it's, they don't say that necessarily that it's bad. They say that it can get better. Mm-hmm. And that's the way they hide saying that it's bad. Like, use this face cream. It'll make you 10 times more moisturized. Or Yeah. You know It'll I mean? reduce wrinkles by 10%. Yeah. Or like um, Herbal Essence, those commercials. Like, you can moisturize your hair and have an orgasm in the shower. <laughs> yeah. Fucking great commercials. I bet you enjoyed them. I did. Yeah. yeah. I was like a fucking 15 year old boy. <laughs> yes, absolutely. The movie would shut off. I'd be like, shut up, shut up. The commercials are on. <laughs> shut up. She's washing your hair. So I, I have to hear this. A girl I come into my shower and be like, there's a copious amount of herbal essence in here. What's going on? All of them are opened and only used about this much. Like, huh? Oh no. It's my, it's my sister's bathroom. Your sister doesn't live here. Like, listen, okay, let's not focus on the negative here. <laughs> but that does make sense. That that does make sense. You're being sold that you're being sold in a very backhanded, sneaky way mm-hmm. that your body is not good enough. Okay, so what else did you say? That oh, I said I was gonna try. Okay, I think I got it. Okay. So while the woman's body is so desired, if a woman shows off her body she is less than. Okay, explain that to me. Because if you were to go to social media, right, all the all a, a large population of the people who are looked at the most and, and paid the most and, and most publicized are the women who do show off their bodies. Yes. Most likes, most comments, most publicities, most deals, most advertisements, most all of that. And they probably get talked shit about the most as well. I'm sure in those comment sections, absolutely. Because people don't respect them because they're showing off their body right. or using their body to make money. Right. Which blows my mind. Is it wrong? Do you believe that it's wrong to use your body to make money? Absolutely not. Right? You, okay. You go, to, you go to a job. You're using your body to move things. You're getting paid for that. Yeah, but it's a completely different level that I think... My personal opinion, 
I think that there should be no shaming for women using their body to make money because like when I go to my job, yes, I'm using my body, but I'm using the skills that are within my body, right? I'm using my operational knowledge. I'm using my engagement skills, right? How cohesively I can work with people or whatever the case may be, engineering and, and relationship building and all those things. And that has nothing to do with me being like a mildly overweight dad bod kind of guy, right? With a beautiful smile and beautiful brown shit brown eyes, right? <laughs> Okay, so all I'm hearing is that you need to come in for a bourgeois shoot. Right, right. I mean, (laughs) put that shit on your wall. It'll scare some clients away. Is he in fucking women's underwear? (laughs) He looks confident, though. But hold on. I don't want to get off track. I don't want to get off track. When it comes to women making money off of their body, now, there's obviously a lot of layers and different categories on how they can do that. But if you're looking at strictly a marketplace, it is a product that is most desired, that has an unlimited amount of demand and supply that you now have an unlimited supply of, you can never run out and you're in complete control of it. Mm -hmm. So if you can find a way to hold ownership of your body still and make money off of it, it's the most brilliant fucking marketing scheme on the planet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if someone could figure out how to hustle oxygen, They'd be like, let's run. they actually do have oxygen bars, which are kind of weird. Yeah, they do. I saw that and I was like, all right. <laughs> Somebody figured <laughs> that it out. That is slick as fuck. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I, I think it's strange that women get women get shamed for that. Because like you said, we, we do it to an extent. I feel like we try to do it to an extent, no matter what we're doing. We have to use ourselves, our mind, and our body to make money or to profit or to grow. But when it comes to purely the superficial, like you can just use your body, it's an unlimited, it's an unlimited supply. My opinion, and this is just my opinion, I think that the people who have an issue with women selling their bodies are usually men. Yes. Really? Mm -hmm. And women who have a lot of internalized misogyny men are upset that something that they used to be able to get for free which they can still get for free a lot of places is no longer free this might ruffle feathers but they feel sometimes men feel like they are entitled to a woman's body and if she is taking ownership of that and making that money for herself and doing what she wants to do with her body, they're not involved and they're upset. I think it's also a part of jealousy too, because for a long time before technology was so good, there was a form of superficial non-sexual prostitution. It was men who would pay for the dates, they would pay for the house, they would pay and they would try to support for a vast majority of time, and then they felt that entitlement towards the female body. And now, other men are paying, and they have no control, they have no leverage anymore, right? They don't need someone to pay for them in all those different ways to support them in that way, so now they don't feel like their body is entitled to the person that is paying for them. Because a woman used to expose their body to get, and I'm not saying like in a negative way, but like they would expose their body for their person right Mm -hmm. and for a long time whether you agree with it or not just factual men were usually the people who were paying 
mm-hmm. for that person. And now women just figured out, fuck one dude. Like I can get all of these guys who don't have ownership of my body, can't touch me, can only look at me and only look at what I decide to give them. And now I have multiple sources of income. So now this one singular man, right, has no leverage. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Brilliant. Who around the world goes? I'm so proud of you. you. (laughs) I'm just saying this to give viewers, guys. Come on. (laughs) Boy power. But it's true. But it's true. You know, it, it really is true. I think it's. I think a big part of it is is jealousy, absolutely. Like I don't know if you, I have a ton of rants about OnlyFans. Like, I think there's there's two sides of the coin. Kay. Like I'm also like women. Fuck yes, I think it's brilliant that you have taken an industry, the porn industry, right, and flipped it on its head, mm-hmm. right? Because the porn industry has always been in the driver's seat and has always been in control. It's predetermined. No matter how many times you get fucked and no matter how many times that video gets viewed and no matter how much money you bring in because of how many times you got fucked, there's a flat rate and this is what you're going to get paid. Now, some women have found the hustle of outside endorsements and different things like that and sponsorships. But for the most part, like it was like you're going to get 2K, walk in here, get that BBC and then leave. doesn't matter how that video does. Mm-hmm. But now OnlyFans, it flips it on its head. It's like we're going to take 20%. We'll take 25%, 20%. Right. I love that you know the percentages. Oh, I know. I know for sure. You, we're going to take 20%. You release what you want, when you want, and how far you want to go is entirely up to you. And who you want to do it with is entirely up to you. Yep. So if you can bring in the revenue, we'll take the 20 and everything is good. But then also on the other side, I'm like, guys, what the fuck are we doing? Are we paying $15 a fucking month, $25 a month for fucking nude pictures? Like, I'm not, I'll, I'll drop no names, but a vast majority of women that I talk to and there seems to be a sexual or social interest, it's fucking like 48 hours and that fucking nude is coming. Women throw nudes out like flowers down the fucking wedding aisle. Like, they give out fucking nudes. Like, women send those nudes. A lot of women send nudes to dudes they don't even fuck. I've gotten nudes from women I haven't even met before. <laughs> but it's like dangling the bait if you would I, for free yeah. so there's like two sides of it for me i'm like go girls but then i'm also like behind the curtain like guys <laughs> but also in any industry there's going to be the people that are gonna pay oh yeah and there's gonna be the people that just want it for free right and there's going to be people supplying both of those options yeah absolutely how we got on porn i don't know I wasn't necessarily porn. I think we were talking. You, we were talking about how did we get to porn? <laughs> I don't know. We were on a good rant. Oh. oh, I think it was because I was saying that the woman body is is the most desired. Oh, and you said that you said something about like legalized prostitution as like hidden in correct. It's like, like a very underlying family yeah. values. Correct. Yeah. But that's, I don't know. Oh, well. Nice little side rant. Nice little I liked side it. rant. Where, where, the, where the road ends, who fucking knows. Um, but it is, oh, we did get here because it is strange, you know, like, you, like we were talking about that women are so insecure about their bodies. And we were talking about some of the root causes. So what are some other that's things right. that, what are some other things that kind of bring, like yourself, you say you're kind of an open book, like you have 
um, issues. I was gonna say I didn't want to say <laughs> I didn't want to say issues, right? Insecurities, insecurities, right? Yes. So I feel like a lot of women too become insecure because, like, someone like yourself would be one for a greater amount of the population would be looked at as an as a beautiful woman, right? Whose insecurity should be lower than most, but that's a overarching expectation that isn't really fair to once you get down to the ground level of yourself right so yes. what kind of so what kind of battles have you had insecurity wise Ooh. and where do they kind of root from um i have struggled a lot with my own body and i think that that is why i felt so called to do this and help other women embrace their own bodies right um I have heard now just for it, you are you're not one hundred percent there yet. Oh, you God, still have the insecurities and things like that. I don't know that anyone is ever a hundred percent there. Um, I, I think I think it's important to know because there's a lot of like influencers and people like yourself where they believe like a lot of women become insecure because like man, I I wish I could be where Felicia is at because what you see is not the entire picture, right? And you can still spread positivity you can spread hope you can spread strength and education and knowledge and comfort when you're not completely there there's nothing wrong with preaching about something that you're still trying to obtain yourself absolutely and most of the things that i say or preach when i preach them is usually when i need to hear it the most right and i know that i'm not alone i know that there are dozens hundreds of people that also need to hear that right um thousands probably millions yes but i don't have that reach right. yet you got reach she got 2.2 milli followers felicia underscore k underscore two underscores my bad <laughs> <laughs> my bad bruh <laughs> um but yeah i i've always struggled with my body i grew up very skinny what would you consider yourself now? She ain't fat, girl. She's just a little thick. How would you describe it? Oof. Oof. That's... I don't think anyone's ever asked me that, and I don't <sighs> Welcome know. to the podcast, baby. Podcast poppy with the questions. Bourgeois. <laughs> Can that be your new tagline? <laughs> bourgeois. Um, Welcome to Quarter Life Crisis, where we keep a real bourgeois on this bitch. <laughs> Brown panties and full body suits. That's what you said, remember? I didn't say anything about brown panties. Yeah, you said, yeah, you said brown underwear. Bra. Oh, uh, okay. Bra and panties, not brown oh, panties. I listen. It's my job. <laughs> Um, how would I describe myself now? Uh, your body type, not yourself, because you couldn't describe yourself in like a one shot. Oh. I, I knew what you were saying. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, this is like... Is this thing on? <laughs> oh, like all of the... Oh my God, are you getting flustered? Yeah, I am. Because, okay, the way Cause that Because I... she's a brick <laughs> house. Built like a brick shit house. I'm just trying to help you out. Did you just say that I'm built like an outhouse, essentially? No, I said a brick. Sh oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did. I mean, actually, to be honest with you, that's usually how I describe like NFL linebackers. Actually, now that you've said that, 
I am realizing that how I talk to myself in my head is maybe a little more mean than I thought it was. Really? Yeah. Okay, so what are you saying in your head right now? Um, Like, a first response is like, skinny fat, but I'm not skinny. That's and a double negative, but. It's not. Skinny fat is a thing. It's like s- slender people that don't have muscle tone. Oh, That's okay. skinny fat. Okay. It's a real thing. Okay. Um, But I. Don't lack muscle tone. Yeah. I've worked my ass off for the last year. I tip my hat to you. Um, But I still like, I don't, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know where I would classify my body type. Because I'm, I mean, I'm not a big girl, but I'm not small. Like, I have a large frame. I'm over 5'10". I have broad shoulders. I might look like an NFL linebacker. You don't look like an NFL linebacker. I don't. Maybe like like an Olympic swimmer. (laughs) No, because my arms are not nice enough for that. Uh, growing up a lot, I heard my mom talk about her arms. Yeah. So I started replaying that in my own head mm-hmm. about my arms. That's how I know that like we get most of our right. shit from our parents. Um, God, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that. Yeah, well, think about it. So you grew up really thin. Yes. Okay. Um, and you had insecurities about being thin. Mm, mm, I wouldn't say insecurities, but like my cousins would ask me if I got a new chicken to ride because my legs were so skinny. Uh, like that's a soft spot for men right there. Yeah. Yeah. You want to fucking tear a man down? <laughs> Call him chicken legs. Like you want to just end that shit right there. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a couple dudes, especially here in Reno, because it's kind of country right here. I've seen dudes just get eaten the fuck up. Like, I saw some dude walk up to a female and be like, hey, can I buy you a drink? And she was like, come back when your calves could fill out a cowboy boot. And I was oh. like, I was bouncing, and I was like, all right, well, that guy's going to go home and... Cry? Yeah. Forever? For real. And do 9,000 calf raises? He'll probably just... He won't even do calf raises. He'll probably just never wear shorts again in his life. Throughout all his cowboy boots. Probably lives on a ranch. Oof. Now he goes against all his parents want to do. Moves to the city. Now he's lost. He has huge identity issues. Has an eating disorder. <laughs> Becomes massive, but also bulimic. Wants his legs to grow, but doesn't want his upper body to grow. Mm-hmm. Now he's totally torn. Gets into a job he doesn't even like. Starts dating a woman who doesn't support his calves, and he keeps it all bottled up because he doesn't want to bring up his insecurities. They get married, have two kids. Now they're divorced over his calves. She's confused. <laughs> no. She doesn't know why it's happening. Then he moves back to the ranch. Gets elephantitis in his legs, can barely walk, but is the happiest he's ever been. It's actually a, it's a runaround beautiful story because now he's in a wheelchair and his legs are massive and he wears cowboy boots every day and fills them out. Never, never sees his kids anymore. Still live in the city. <laughs> oh my God. You are fantastic at your job. I hope you know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was weird. That I just blacked out right there. <laughs> I'm so glad it's recorded. Sorry you can play it back. That. Sorry about that. <laughs> Um, okay, so you're super thin. What's the next stage of you? What's the next stage of you? Um, then I started, well, I started playing sports when I was super young, but I was never strong. Mm-hmm. 
no one told me that lifting weights would be a good thing for me. And I'm just now at 32 starting to realize why. Because my parents have said things to me now about the weights that I'm lifting. Mm -hmm. So I get why they did not encourage that at 13, 14, 15. Right. Um, then I went to college, gained some weight. Got the freshman 15? Yeah, maybe like 20. Was it freshman 20 from the weight room or freshman 20 from boozing or freshman 20 from the meal plan at UNR? Um, boozing and eating. Good. Because up until that point, like, I had a very high metabolism. Right, right. Could eat anything I wanted at any time in whatever amount. Mm-hmm. Um, I gained weight. Still was much, much smaller than I am currently. Um, but thought I was gigantic. Um, hated every pair of pants that I had. Because in what? 2000. 2007 everything hit like right at your waist baby r.i.p i I missed that shit miss you britney spears she killed that shit miss aguilera but that's also christina aguilera then sierra with the low cuts no they were so hot so hot but those are the women that we had to look for yeah but see and their body types and what we thought ours needed to look like that's what i say fuck media though because Everyone wore those, whether they look like that, and they were fucking hot. Like, who the fuck exiled love handles? I want to meet this guy and whoop his fucking ass. Because that shit is fucking hot. Low-waisted jeans are hot. Period. Full stop. End of story. Are you going to cut me off if I try to say something? Yes. I literally almost stopped the recording. (laughs) I feel like... There is a difference between what people think love handles are. Like, for me, my love handle was never, like, here on my hip. Like, it's around my midsection. Like, that's where I carry my weight now. Yeah. That makes a muffin top. Nobody thinks that's cute. Yeah, totally. I mean, not like like an actual muffin, but, man, there's got to be something there. You know what I mean? Like, not like me. I look like... Someone had grabbed me from the back. It looked like they were riding a Harley Davidson. I got so much love <laughs> handles, but you know what I mean. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. With that little, with that little pop. Interesting. Oh yeah. Interesting. I'm also I'm also a lover of all shapes and sizes. Yes. Big time. So for me, I always had that little bit up here, mm-hmm. and not anything to hold my pants up. Like. Right. Uh, no but. Right. Until recently. But. You heard it here. She's got no ass, guys. No yeah. ass. I said until recently. Gone. Flat back. She's got an ass crack and a spine. <laughs> I used to. <laughs> Not did, anymore. Okay, so I bet you transition because I bet you a lot of women are going to want to know this. How did you get the butt? Deadlifts. Deadlifts. Are Heavy ass deadlifts. <laughs> Okay, what's our next topic? You have um, found many outlets on how to bring positivity, right? You talk about body positivity, personal positivity, personal growth. You found it through photography. Um, you also have started a new endeavor. Which one? The one that you... The mental wellness one? Yes, oh, the mental yes. wellness one. 
Yes, yes, I did. Yeah, I have learned over the last few months um, how much easier it is to be nicer to yourself and kind of keep a more positive outlook when the shit in your body and your brain are working the way that they're supposed to. Um, A lot of... Okay, bear with me. I don't science. I'm not a science person. Um, I don't know what I've been doing for the last hour and a half, but I'll bear with you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, there it is. First burn of the day. You have been enjoying your morning greatly. I, I truly I truly have. I truly have. Um, I genuinely enjoy your company. Continue. Oh my God. Don't roll your eyes at me. No, it's true. You are fun to be around. You have a great personality. You really, I enjoy talking to you. I enjoy your company. Go ahead. Keep complimenting uh, me. <laughs> it's like my lifeblood. I, I love it. I know. All right, here we go. Um, so we create most of our neurotransmitters, which are like all of the chemicals that run our brain. Do you science? You're nodding like you know this. Definitely science. Okay. So I'm going to sound dumb as shit. No, you will not. Are you going to correct me if I'm wrong? Would you like me to? Yeah. Okay. Or how about I can just kind of piggyback and not say that you're wrong, but just help you out when you're coming to it. Way better. Got it. Good choice. Um, so we make most of those things in our gut and those neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin lend to us feeling good, right? Correct. Okay, cool. Look at me, sciencing. Right. Because you're talking about how your neurotransmitters connect to your brain, right? And your pituitary gland will release a lot of different hormones like dopamine, right? melatonin, different things like that. So if those two are working cohesively, then your mind is in better control of your emotions and how you feel. Yes. I just was not going that in depth because I don't know those things. No, you're good. You were right there. I just had like two or three cooler words than you. That was it. And you were on it. Yeah, you do have cool words. I talk a lot. Yeah. (laughs) So if your gut is imbalanced the production of those things is turned down if the super highway between your gut and your brain is imbalanced it's harder for those neurotransmitters to get to your brain for your brain to like use them right yeah maybe right you're there you're looking at me like i'm crazy i'm not am i just crazy no no you're literally spot on Okay. I was just kind of like off because I was like, man, that TV is really loud. I wonder if you can hear it. Oh. I'm going to go turn the TV down. Cause okay. Because what you're saying is good shit. Good. Stop being so insecure about how well you science. But I don't science. Nobody fucking science. You just said you do. That was my thing. I studied uh, kinesiology, exercise science. That's Nef- fucking cool. Right. That's super cool. That makes me feel good that I am not wrong. You are not wrong. Yes. And I think what you are doing, I think what you are doing is absolutely uh, correct. 
Because a lot of people will look for superficial means to figure out why they feel a certain way or, you know, why they're struggling or whatever the case may be, whether it be physically or mentally, when most of the time it's internal. Yeah. Right. We, we kind of don't go back to the old muscle car method, right? A simplistic, a simplistic body that is very easy to fix because we understand how it runs pretty well, you know, and you just have to put the right fuel in it and it helps out a lot. Yeah. But it's not nearly as cool as all these things that are run by computers. So Correct. Or it doesn't look as cool. Mm-hmm. So if if your body is not running optimally, it is not producing or absorbing. Is that a correct word for that? Um, the neurotransmitters that will help you, I don't want to say be in control, but more easily deal with your emotions and if you are doing a lot of personal growth if you are doing deep dives into why you hate your body you can get trapped in a cycle that will take you very deep it that is sometimes really hard to get out of absolutely even if things are working properly it can be really hard to get out of but when they're not it's very easy to spiral and make everything seem like it is way worse than it oh, is yeah, the snowball method absolutely yeah, i'm really really good at that yeah so what i have been doing for the last month month and a half i don't know um it focuses on gut health it's a couple of different supplements that focus on gut health, healing the super highway, because that's my non-science way of mm-hmm. describing it, between your gut and your brain, and your brain to better absorb things, like the feel-good things. Yeah. And in me, at least, it has made a huge difference in my anxiety and levels of mild depression and being able to stop the spiral before it starts Mm -hmm. well not before it starts before it gets too deep right which has never been a thing i've been able to do before yeah because things are working better right yeah yeah you try to combat the mind you'll lose every time it's the most fascinating and strongest and most intellectual piece of technology on the planet period yeah yeah and if you're not in control of it it'll take over I mean, I think very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've always been a, I've been a real piece of shit for most of my life when it comes to mental health. Like I had zero respect for it, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. Even though my, even though my brother, my best friend is, has struggles with serious mental health issues, um, you know, and, and he's, he's got a pretty good grip on it, but I just never did until these last two years when I, I was always raised like whatever it is. Right. You need to be in a solid place where you can get over it and you can figure it out by yourself. Right. With no external factors, with no external stimuli, with no catalyst that'll help you get through it. And that's just how I was built till I was 26. Um, And then, you know, when I had my first run ins with mental health and I realized that the strong mind that I've always had growing up that has put me in a positive place and helped me push through all adversities in my life up to that point. I realize how strong it is when it comes to the other side. And now I'm going against that strong mindset, you know? So uh, mental health is a very, very serious thing. And, and to, to overpower it 
one by yourself and without the help of, like you said, the correct nutrients and just the correct mindset, support group, whatever it is that makes you tick, um, it will, it'll fucking consume you. Yeah. And it's dark and it's scary. Yeah. So were you a consumer before? Like, did you try this before you got involved with it? I did not. Okay. I, as much as I don't science, like I knew that there was a connection between gut health and mental wellness. Right. Um, but for a lot of people and I don't know, the last five, six years for me, I thought it was just gut health. Like I thought that was it. Like you take probiotics, it's fine, but that didn't really help. Right. Um, my friend introduced me to this company and like, I would follow her off a cliff basically like sketch. Yeah. (laughs) But eh, loyalty to a fault. I dig it. Um, I know that she would not steer me wrong in this direction. She knew that helping empower people to feel better was already something I wanted to do. And she was like, hey, you need to look at this. Like, this is a tool to help you personally do better and help people. Right. Now, we sit here and we talk about what you just got involved in. And I don't think there is a person that would listen to this that would disagree with what we're talking about is important. It can be helpful. Right. And it's something that you should look into. And I know just how you're speaking about it. It's funny that people will not latch on to what you're doing mm-hmm. and what you want to do. And why is that? Because it is network marketing. Man, it has such an interesting stigma, no matter what the project product is attached to it. Yes. Now, were you introduced to this in a network marketing fashion? No. No. And that, I think, is why... I kind of ran with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I had done a network marketing company before that taught me some kind of gross ways of marketing things. Um, A lot of... Porn. Huh? What? What'd you say? Nothing. This thing is really... (laughs) Man, kind of change these covers. (laughs) You are a monster. Thank you. Again, times two. I appreciate you. Your honesty is <laughs> empowering. It's hard enough to keep me on track. Right. And then you say shit. Yeah. We'll bring you back. To what? I don't know. <laughs> um, oh. Look at me. Brain power. <laughs> yeah. As you're stalling to try to remember. <laughs> you fucking real slick, B. Um, yeah, so I learned, like, cold messaging, doing parties, which suck, like, it's gross. So. What is it about MLM that everyone, why everyone runs from? Because people approach strangers in a really gross way to try to make sales. Right. I think is part of it. I don't think that's the whole thing, but we are taught to essentially like exploit our friends and family and like, Oh, well, don't you want to support me? Wouldn't you rather support my business than Walmart? 
And that's gross. And it feels gross. I also think that... So why is it gross when someone that you know does it, but it's not gross when a complete stranger does it to you? I don't know. Right? I don't know. Pick any... What has an advertisement? Just any... Literally everything. So just pick something that has an advertisement. Lipstick. Lipstick. So banners, commercials, billboards, right? Samples. All of these things are pretty much cold calls. Yeah. Correct? But if Kylie Jenner says it, it's way more palatable than if Judy down the street says it. Right. Very strange, though. It is very strange to me. Yeah. Um, Everybody thinks that it is a legit scheme. Correct. My favorite... What do they always call it? A pyramid scheme. That's my favorite. So I used to do, I used to do MLM and I was very heavy into it and I absolutely loved it. I personally think multi-level market is fucking brilliant. And the only reason I think it's brilliant is because almost every single institution that we all function in on a daily basis is a multi-level market. Yeah. And then pyramid schemes are illegal. Yeah. Very illegal. So I'd be doing like presentations and people like, this is a pyramid scheme. I'm like, listen, I was like, I know I'm, you came here, but I don't come to your job and tell you that you're a fucking felon, do I? I was like, <laughs> and also, if someone, if pretty much anybody calls something a pyramid scheme, it's usually just because they're very uneducated on what an actual pyramid scheme is. Yes. And the big stigma because of the pyramid scheme is because of Amway. Yes. Amway got hit with, at that moment in time, the biggest financial lawsuit in American history and won because they were pinned out to be a pyramid scheme but was incorrect the biggest decipher is a pyramid scheme is if you are out recruiting and making money off of representatives who sell the product that is a pyramid scheme but multi-level markets are when you go out and you go to sell a product you give the option for people to sell the product but you make no money off of representatives so you could have a thousand people selling your products and you won't make any money but if a thousand people sell a thousand pieces of your product, then you'll make money. Yes. Which is, how is that any different? It's literally everything. It's education. Any other it's military. It's everything. Yeah. Starbucks is the best example in the fucking world. It's my favorite. It's just, it's very entertaining, right? All the money is at the top. It filters out as it goes down, right? The only difference about an MLM is like, if you are the, let's say you're, let's say you franchise a Starbucks, and you're the top of the Starbucks, right? And you pay the managers, and then you have two managers, and let's say you have eight baristas, and you pay those eight baristas, and all those eight baristas sell your product, and they give out tons and tons of coffee. But those baristas have a set price, and those managers have a set price. The revenue that comes into the Starbucks can fluctuate for the top of Starbucks, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, in a sense, the biggest stigma against an MLM. But all MLMs, if you are the managers or the baristas, if you were to break it down like that, the baristas have every opportunity to make more money than the owner of the Starbucks. It truly is input and output. Yes. Like you have every right to surpass who brought you in very, very quickly if you'd like. Depending on how you work and how you want to work. Correct. Like the person who brought me into Dream Trips, I made far more money than they did. Really? Oh my God, way more fun. Like I didn't even talk to that fool anymore. He was making he he was making some money because I came in with him, but I made way more money than he did. Way well, more. And that's the thing is, just like any other industry, it's about timing. Right. 
And if you get in at a certain time before that company goes and makes that super hyperbolic graph But it's strange because people will bet and risk money on stocks. Yeah. So I'll buy a stock and hope that the company flourishes, right? But you won't buy in to, to bet on if a person flourishes. It's very strange. Like you take out the, the physical variable and replace it with a different physical variable and it's a completely different response. It's very interesting. And like we see all these advertisements for financial independence and the biggest one is residual income. Yeah. And that's the biggest chase of MLM. Like it was, it was absolutely fantastic. Like I got to a point, I got to a point where I was making about $3,800 residual income, whether I sat on the couch or not a month. Damn. Damn. It's truly a bummer that there is that stigma, right, against MLM because I think it really does. One, it defers people from a possible opportunity. It's far from a get-rich scheme. There's a lot of work that has to go into it. But also there's a lot of people who will work second and third jobs, and they'll do those things for years. Um, and I wish people would come to the realization that if, and it doesn't have to be MLM, but something where you can start to create a residual income where that is your side income, yes, right? Like if you're going to work a second job for three years, why not work a second job for three years? And after those three years are over, then it could be consistent income with low input of hours. It's an opportunity that's well worth the risk, especially if the thing that we desire the most is our time. And I think last year showed all of us that we need Secondary multiple income. streams of income. Big facts. Big facts. One job isn't going to cut it anymore because that could right. disappear indefinitely. Also, anytime. I think another thing that really turns people off is a vast majority of, of network marketing is replacement product, which yes. sucks. That's the reason why I love Dream Trips because it wasn't a replacement product. It's like, this is really good coffee. You should stop using your coffee and drink our coffee mm-hmm. or these creams or this product or whatever. So with what I'm doing, it's also not a replacement product. This Correct. is the only company that is targeting the entire gut-brain axis mm-hmm. instead of just your gut. Right. But sometimes people won't hear you out. But it's, A lot of times people don't want to. But it seems like you can... It seems like from, from what you've been posting, whatever company you're with is doing a good job at separating church and state if you would like representing this as truly just a product and something that people enjoy using and the benefits of it and then maybe once you start using the product you can kind of tap in and if you if you desire to check out the thing that i love most is that it is attraction marketing we use attraction marketing for everything we're not making a hundred person list right of people that we know that we need to go ask about this I did it too. I was a cold calling bad motherfucker, dude. It's I wouldn't gross. give a, I wouldn't give a fuck. I used to sell knives. I used to do Cutco, baby. Whew. Like, hi, nice suburban white family. How you doing? What's going on? You want to buy some knives? I'm standing on your motherfucking porch with a box of knives. And I'm not leaving. How did this nigga get in your gated community? Who cares? Let me show you how sharp they are. I'll take five. That's so well-spoken. Bob, come listen to this guy. He's awesome. So the training that I've gotten with this company is very similar to how I built my boudoir business. Uh You don't go ask people 
you maybe talk to a couple people that you think it would be a really good match for right without pressure you don't like oh man if you like if you supported me as a person like you would do this yeah word of mouth seems like a, a forgotten strength that's literally all i've done to build my boudoir business yeah and and, now, you're, and you're absolutely fantastic pictures on your instagram i mean i'm okay at what i do oh my literally like i have never <laughs> seen a catcher's mitt so big ready for compliments it is wild like a well, fucking baby bird at the nest here i am here i am love me <laughs> fucking love me bro uh, but i've learned like some new techniques to use for my photography business i have been able to implement what i was doing with my photography business for this mental wellness company and it's wonderful because you just put the information out there and if and when people are interested, they come to you. Right. What a concept. Right. It's amazing. I don't have to cold call people. I don't have to fear that rejection because these people are coming to me. Yeah. It's, it's lit. like magic. It's lit. Yeah. That's dope. And not many, I don't actually know any other mlm that is training people in that way yeah yeah that's cool well i think that's dope what is it you're doing and then you found a way to kind of attach it to what your whole kind of angle is towards this positivity right so you've gone you literally have gone physical and now you've gone mental um cognitive or however whatever word you want to use it science so yeah because you science real good <laughs> <laughs> I sure do declare our science real good. Um, so this collection of things that you've that you've done, that you've been through, right, that you're currently doing, are all of these kind of wrapped into your inspiration to possibly start a podcast? Yes. Because you have a, obviously a very large array of experience and knowledge on the, the many, many years you've been on this earth. It's so many. I know. It's a lot. Yeah. I'm... Like a, I am like a dinosaur. Yeah, like when you were born, we probably weren't even allowed to sit at the same table. Oof, yeah, I'm that old. <sighs> you old bird. <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> Come See, on. this is what you do. You give the compliments, and then you're mean. No, it's not me being mean. <sighs> so mean. It's just I don't want you to get too complacent with the compliment. Oh. You know what I mean? I don't want me to think I like. You I want my head to be able to fit out of this door. Uh, no, not even that. You can always turn sideways. I just don't <laughs> want you to think that I like you very much. <laughs> Bro, you already said I love you like three times. It's uh, recorded. Yeah. Real things. Who's holding the power to edit? That'll never be known. Uh, it's not damn. what you know. It's what you can prove in court. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I love Fine. You. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, wiring. But yes, all of those things kind of made me want to do a podcast because I have really interesting conversations with people that I think other people should hear right. about falling in love with yourself, learning how to eat enough and not punishing yourself by starving yourself, learning how to find workouts that actually work for you. I used to do cardio all the time. I hate cardio. And it didn't do anything to make my body look the way that I wanted it to. 
I started lifting really heavy weights and actually eating enough food. Right. Bam. Ta-da. Um, I talk to people about how they are able to combat their brain. I talk to therapists. I have a lot of therapist friends. I think that's a, I think the one that you just said, talking to people and, and empowering them to combat their brain is, is huge because just in our conversation, we've kind of talked about like three or four different transitions that you've gone through in your life. Right. And if you are not equipped to combat your brain, your brain might not take that transition, whether it's good or bad in the right way. And obviously, I mean, you are very, very deep into your life, but you're going to continue to go through transitions, right? And especially, you know, young people, unlike yourself, who are out there, who are going through these transitions, especially in the early stages of life and having someone who's so far past those early stages (laughs) in life be able to relate to that and speak on those things. I think that's huge. And I think that that will empower a lot of, especially women, because there's so many body transformation that the woman goes through you know like uh, biologically and and if you look at the anatomy of a woman there's so many different changes right um and it is very visual right and obviously there's there's the 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 internal but the physical it's on display for everybody absolutely and there's a lot of pressure to display what you have you know so if you're not ready to combat and be comfortable with it um so I think that's huge. And I think that will help, especially hearing that on a consistent basis. There's so many stories out there of people who are almost there or success stories or failure stories and having someone who will speak on these topics with the mindset of yours and so much wisdom from how long you've been doing <laughs> this is, I think would be absolutely fantastic. Thanks. I support your podcast 100% if you were to do one. Thank you. I think it would be good. And you're so well-spoken probably just from conversing with so many people over the years. Mm-hmm. And just, and you're elaborate and you're smart, you know what I mean? Which is, which is, you know, like my son is so dumb because he's three <laughs> and you're so wise because I can't really, rem- I don't, I don't really, I don't do numbers very well, but I know yours is really high up there. I'm old. But you've been doing it for a long time, you long, know what I mean? Long, Like retired twice long over. Time. Yeah. yeah. I would love to see your 401k. Oh, no, no, you wouldn't. <sighs> Self-employed. Did you enjoy me literally complimenting you without complimenting you that entire time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, I did. That's fun. That was great. It was fun. Yeah. But I think it'd be dope. I think you. I think you do great at it. I, I think it would be. I think it's. You know, I I'm, I selfishly podcast because I'm fascinated by what other people know that I don't know. You know what I mean? And you are fascinated by things that you have learned and what you can give to others right so that is something that i think will automatically attract um, people to come listen especially because it's genuine and it might be one podcast your first or your 15th but sooner or later if you're talking about these topics it's going to hit home for somebody and someone's going to relate to to an unbelievable extent and it can you know this is the drastic part of it but can save lives all the way to get somebody through the day absolutely you know so i think it would be important to do it i think there's uh now with podcasting and you already have multiple platforms that you can do it why not go for the trifecta you can just be a renaissance woman in empowerment yeah because i'm old from the renaissance era jesus you're not old i might as well no don't say that you're absolutely fantastic you're perfect just the way that you are Oh, i didn't say that i was not fantastic or not perfect i just said i was old wow wow keeping it real humble (laughs) in this bitch (laughs) yeah that's me well, the amazing um, 
Felicia Amelie Amelie Amelie. How do you say it? I Melly. I. 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 Melly. Um. Just Felicia K. Just say Felicia K. Felicia K. The one and only Felicia double underscore K underscore. No. Felicia double underscore K. Yeah. Underscore. No. Two underscores on the end. No, there's no underscores at the end. Felicia underscore underscore K A Y E. That's where you can find her on Instagram. Where else can we find you? How do we find your? Uh, how do we find? How do we get bourgeois in this bitch? How do we find that studio of yours? Please don't find the studio. Come to the studio. <laughs> <laughs> um. So my personal Instagram is Felicia underscore underscore K A Y E. My business Instagram is Felicia K A Y E photo. I always have to spell it out because people think it's the letter K. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not. Um, my writing Instagram is Felicia.kaye.writes. Yeah. I'm on Instagram a lot. Beautiful. Yeah. Just in case after people listen to this unbelievable roller coaster of a podcast, <laughs> people want to come and seek you out, which I hope that they do. Well, it's been an honor. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. Today's episode is brought to you by Grimm's Exclusives, a Northern California-based cannabis co-op that specializes in indoor, small-batched, AAA-grade boutique flowers, growing your favorite exotics as well as pheno hunting for the future of cannabis. Big shout-out to Grimm's. Big shout-out to Grimm's Exclusives. Tune in next week for a brand-new episode of Quarter Life Crisis.